Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 10, Episode 15 of 7th Heaven. The title is Love and Obsession. The IMDb user synopsis is, Eric welcomes Kevin's invitations for a Valentine's dinner with the whole family at the anniversary and in the restaurant of his proposal to Lucy, doubling as the twins' birthday party. After all, Annie made a drama about the twins wanting a store birthday cake, not her traditional homemade ones, and Sam being by little Rachel without soon jealous David spells trouble between both them and their parents, as Eric wants to let them decide what to do together and tries to compensate by taking just David for ice cream during Sam's play date. Ruthie keeps dreaming about Martin dropping Sandy, the baby, and college for her. Yet some s- find some solace in a daily job Eric got for her, helping old Miss Rusnak to get used to a new bike, or rather for the company. As if his parents weren't unhappy enough about Bride Rose, she even refuses Simon to get married in Eric's church. Lucy manages to embarrass herself in a daring dress at the restaurant, but nobody else enjoys dinner anyhow. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, I feel like it was just like a solid 7th Heaven episode. It had your hijinks, it had your like miscommunication, and it had your... I don't know, I guess... Like, you know, it, the staples of Seventh Heaven episodes now are Ruthie pining over Martin and Rose and Simon not agreeing about anything. And you wonder why they're not, why they're still together. And that's what we had this episode. I will say that usually uh, I do not enjoy or care about anything the twins do in an episode. And we usually like fast forward through it or we don't actually fast forward through it. We maybe mentally check out on those. But I'd say that this storyline was kind of interesting in an abstract sense. Like, what you do when twins, when one twin gets invited and the other twin doesn't. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I don't know, it was just like a normal episode. There wasn't, there's not much, like, nothing, I don't think there was anything special about this other than Lucy's daring Shirt outfit. Dress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I guess we can talk about it. So, the cold open starts with, um... What, a fantasy. Yes, of uh, Ruthie sitting out, like, in the backyard, and Martin coming home because uh, they took a paternity test, and the baby isn't his, it's Simon's, it's- and they can be together now. But, of course, it's a daydream, and that's it. That's the cold open. Yeah, so... Um, although we usually don't care about the twin storyline, I guess this was slightly interesting because, well, first there's the whole thing that their birthday is coming up and Annie's like, what kind of cake do you want me to make? They want an ice cream cake from the store. Annie's like, I can make an ice cream cake. That's stupid. But then later on the, they were, the cam parents receive a phone call from the mother of a girl that the twins go to school with. Rachel. Yeah, so Rachel's mother calls, and she wants to invite just Sam over for a play date. Um, And at first the Rev is like, okay, yeah, we'll bring Sam and David over. And then he's like, oh, just Sam. And he's like, talk to my wife. And then we don't really see or hear what Annie has to say. But later on, she goes to the Rev, and she's like, we need to talk about what we're going to do. Like, I don't know, I think she says it's, like, not right that they would only invite one of them. And the Rev is like, well, I think that this is fine because um, as they get older, like, they're different people, and we should let them kind of 
branch off from one another because they are going to create separate identities. So, and he's like, and we should just start dealing with that now. I just think the concepts are very interesting. Uh, as I said, when we talked about first impressions of like abstractly speaking for twins, like growing up, um, what happens when somebody like when you finally get tre- start get, you're being treated as an entity for like so long in your life, or at least for the very early stages of your life, but then you get start getting to, like, like making get, friends or yeah, yeah, and you get and you realize that you don't have the same interests or the same taste maybe, and then other people might not like you equally. And I wonder, like, what that does to a person? Because it's... <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah. I'm not a twin. Um, Aaron is also not a twin. <laughs> I don't really know any twins. You don't know that. Um, yeah, I I know So, like, I don't twins. know if any of our listeners are twins. Like, how does that feel? <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, uh, like, it is fascinating to me. Like, how early do you start separating them? Or how early do you start encouraging separation and stuff? Well, I mean, I said this. When I was, like, in elementary school and stuff, we had... I think I went to school for a while with two sets of twins, um, and they would, like, they wouldn't be in the same class with each other, generally, unless it was, like, specifically request. like, I remember, I don't know, one of them, like, needed help or something, like, I don't know, just one of them needed, like, support or something one year, so they put them together, but, um, and then I think, I know at least one set of them when we got to high school went to different high schools, so that was, like, the, you know, they became their own people. Right. It's just, I would, like, I would imagine it'd be an easy conversation to have when you're a teenager, realizing that, oh, one, like, one of the other person likes this twin, or, like, is friends with this twin, but, like, as a, how old are the twins supposed to be? Eight? Six? Five? So they were born in season three, and we're in, they're, they're, like, seven. Okay. They're gonna be eight, I guess. So, like, explaining to an eight-year-old that you are, like, a different child likes your brother or your sister better than right than you or whatever is but also i don't like because it's seventh heaven that they make it like a romantic thing oh yeah because they're like oh like they make it seem like this girl like rachel like wants to date sam and i'm like maybe sam is just cooler or like and, a, a easier child like maybe it's the parent's decision maybe yeah. he's an easier child to handle um this kind of continue so this storyline kind of basically ends and continues with the fact that because Sam is going on this play date, David gets to spend the like afternoon with his father, and now and Sam's he gets like, ice cream. Yeah, and now Sam's like, "When do I get to spend the afternoon alone with you?" And and it's like, "Oh, when David has a play date on his own." But that may never come. Yeah, because what if no one ever likes David? And this kind of just starts like a feud between the twins about like who their dad likes best, and this is combined with the fact that like Annie's having issues with letting her boys like grow up. And it's their birthday, and... And she loses her mind about this cake. Yeah, and so, like, that's kind of, like... Nothing gets resolved at the end of this episode, is what I have to say. Like, I feel like it's the beginning of a two-parter, but, like, a very lame two-part episode. Because mm-hmm. there's no resolution to this. Basically, the, like, at the end, the Rev's like, apologize to me, apologize to each other, apologize to everyone, be happy. Uh, and they're like, we're sorry. And, and that's only, how life works. And only because, like, he bribes them with cake, basically. And so that's how that ends. But we had, like, a, a, a few seconds of entertainment from the twins for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the time when they were missing for... That was the best. That was the best. Uh, the so, The um, next storyline we're going to talk about is Kevin and Lucy. Um, who apparently... Are ready to have another child. 
Yeah, I don't really <laughs> remember if, like, within the last few episodes they made, like, they, because I know that, like, Lucy was not ready, but then Well, maybe... like, in the Christmas episode or whatever, that was definitely, like, Kevin was like, we need dogs and babies. And the dogs came, but Lucy and was it didn't wary see, about the and babies. It, and it didn't seem like she was, like, gonna come around anytime soon. But it seems that she has. Yeah. And basically this entire plot is a, like, miscommunication. Um, Kevin wants to kind of reenact their engagement because they got engaged on Valentine's Day, which means, like, going to the same hotel restaurant or staying at the same hotel or whatever. And Lucy uh, translates this into a, like, sexy night for them to try having another baby. But Kevin thinks that this is, like, a time to get their entire family together, so he invites... All the Cam's, Camdens that are in town, and also Simon and Rose. And there's this whole mishap where... Oh, we get, like, a Mary mention, because Lucy calls... Oh, yeah, she, she wants to find something sexy to wear. And apparently she's like, Mary's the person to Mary, find. you've got to help me figure out what to wear. And she wears this... Well, she does her hair, and she wears these fucking boots. Oh. And, yeah, she wears a shirt that's a dress. And I'm sure she looks gr- she looks great. Yeah, I don't know. And she shows up to the dinner and the whole family is there. And then she runs away immediately because she, upon seeing all of the other family members, because she's embarrassed about, I don't know, her sexy outfit. Yeah, it, I mean, and it's not like, like, it's just fine. I mean, I don't know. It's not like super risque. It's really not. Yeah. Um, Like, granted, if I was going to a family dinner, I would not wear that. But if my family saw me wearing it, I don't think I would have an issue. Right. Like, that's one of those things. Um, it gets resolved with both of them being horny. And, like... <laughs> well, Annie first comes and tries to console Lucy, and she's like... You're like me! Yeah. And like, ew! <laughs> so, yeah, then they give... They hand Savannah off to the Camerons and... Go off to have another baby. Yeah, so... Uh, congrats! Yeah. Um... I guess, I don't know if this is supposed to be the main storyline, but there's a lot of focus given to the storyline, is Ruthie and her not being over Martin. I thought she got over Martin in the Gershwin episode. Oh, yeah, because she was crying all the time. And then all of a sudden she was fine. Or not all of a sudden, but she was like... Well, she met that girl who was going to... The the color of friendship girl that I love. Um, But no, she's still not over him, and she keeps having these, like, fantasy breaks or whatever where... Wherever she is, Martin appears, and she like basically the whole story has changed. And he's like, I'm back in Glen Oak for you, and we can finally be together. And then she snaps out of it. So the Rev and Annie see that this is still going on because the other thing is, like, Ruthie keeps showing up to, like, family dinner, and she's not eating anything and just like, I'm not hungry. I want to be excused. So the Rev is like, I got Ruthie a job to take her mind off of things, and all she has to do is go over to this woman's house after school and watch her ride her scooter or something. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, she just has to be company for this woman. So she goes over the first time and... Oh, my this God. This woman opens her door and her walls are covered in, like, just the same photo of this man. Johnny. And it's, like, basically this guy's face is her wallpaper. Um, and then there are like pictures. And there's of him. this really scary picture where she was like, "It's black and white, but I colored in his eyes." <laughs> and it's, it's we, we are. This is coming up on our social media. Yeah. It's definitely. I'm gonna like do as as much as I can to get that up there. Yeah. Um. But basically, 
it's kind of like the Rev's trying to teach her a lesson and showing her the dangers of being obsessed with one boy for the entirety of your life. Because this woman who is, like, elderly... It has she said she, like, loved this man for 50 years or something. So she's, like, like since she was, like, a teenager, like, in her 20s, so... They met when they were both in the Sears billing department, and she... He was one man with a group of 30 women. And he was a man's man, a woman's man, a man. I don't know what all those things mean, but he was all of them. Because he was tall, dark, and handsome. Um, sure. And... That she fell in love with him, but like, I don't actually think we get the whole story of what. Because the photo that she has, like, as her wallpaper is like, looks like a military photo. Like, yeah, exactly. Looks like he like joined the military or something, and then they never saw each other again. Or I don't know. But she keeps on alluding to the fact that like her story is kind of like Ruthie's story. Like she let him go, uh, and. Or uh, there was another woman, maybe, and, like, she was talking about how when there's another woman, you should send her away to Scotland. (laughs) Or or a place that, like, values family. Yeah, yeah, because she's like, you should send Sandy to Scotland, or the, or, like, she's like, or, I forget where else she says. Ireland or England or one of those places that that values values family. family. Which, how, I don't, where, how did that conclusion come up? Why do people think that the UK values family? I mean, I'm sure it does, but like also, it's not, not really any more than any other like. I mean, country. if you want to send somebody to a place that values family, send them to places where they have like maternity and paternity leave. So like France, the Nordic countries, yeah, and any of those places. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, anyway, so Sandy might be getting sent to. The UK, so stay tuned. Um, so, yeah, so Ruthie spends, like, a couple of days just hearing this woman's story and realizing she is kind of batshit insane. She spends, like, Valentine's Day crying in the dark, um, and... And she invites Ruthie over to do the same with her. And it's just basically, like, she has a bunch of pictures of her, like, sweetheart, and Ruthie has pictures of Martin in a shoebox. Um, well... One of, like, her, Ruthie's fantasies is that um, Sandy leaves the baby on Martin's doorstep. And And they get to raise it together. Yeah, Martin and Ruthie get to raise it together and also get married. And Ruthie's like, but I want to go to school. But wait, never mind. Let's get married. Then another one where she hit her head and has been in a coma for months. And And she dreamed all of the stuff that happened with Sandy and Martin. And none of it happened. And Sandy doesn't exist. Uh... So, yeah, but obviously I think this episode is meant to kind of be, like, the closing chapter on her, like, pining and obsession over Martin. But also it's not really made clear. There's no real clear resolution. Well, yeah, I mean, the only one that we get is is the Rev being, like, because she, she, uh, Ruthie ends up being the only person that actually eats at this hotel dinner thing, even though she's the only person that didn't want to go. And at the end of it, Mar- uh, Martin, sorry, the Rev says... It's time to go home, and I think it's time for you to leave Martin here. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, the Rev knows that she's dreaming up Martin everywhere she goes. Yeah. Uh, also, fun fact, or not, just a normal fact, uh, this is Tyler Hecklin's last episode of this season. Wow. So I think that's what's supposed to be the closing, that's why I think it's the closing chapter of this, but yeah. who knows. She might continue pining. All right. So, and then finally we have Rose and Simon, and... This really, the first scene we see them in is, like, Rose is trying to coordinate the seating chart for their wedding because apparently she is inviting all of her parents' 
exes. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, I have to keep them away. And if this one brings a date, they're going to have to sit like all across the room. So, And we're getting the idea again that Simon is not really invested or he doesn't really care about the actual planning of the wedding, which like I think is like fair because he's just... He, he just wants to be with Rose or something. Um, although, the, like, we find out later that there's a potentially, like, major detail that they never ever discussed. Well, that also, you would think that they would have discussed already, and that's that Rose, like, doesn't want to get married in a church. She's like, oh, your father can marry us, but we don't have to get married in a church. And Simon is like, no, that's, like, a non-negotiable. We have to get married in a church. Well, also, this happens off screen, off screen I guess, but Rose, like, comes clean about her divorcee parents. Yeah, I guess that's, like, not... I guess they thought they were going to make that a big deal. But they decided not to. And then they, to. like, ran out of time. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Simon knows all about the divorced parents. Um, so, other than that... <clears throat> um, well, of course, they get the call to get invited to go to the hotel. Uh, this is actually what brings up the the fact that, they, that Rose doesn't want to get married in a church because... Rose is like, oh, I would love to go have dinner with your family because I've seen Lucy's engagement photos and I actually want to look at that hotel as a potential like venue for our wedding. Which brought up the good question that you had. How'd she see these pictures? Right. And, well, also, this kind of connects to the... She Annie. saw the episode. <laughs> this also connects to the Annie storyline in that Annie's whole thing about like her twins and the cake is all, all about... Um, Not wanting them to grow up. And which is connected to the fact that Simon is getting married to Rose and she does not want this wedding to happen. And her and the Rev are kind of fighting about breaking up this marriage. And this all connects to what I guess is the climax of the episode when they go down for this Valentine's Day dinner, Rose and Annie are having a conversation. Now, the twist in this, or I guess the funny thing, or the irony, I don't know, whatever, the coincidence, is that before this conversation, Annie decides that she's actually going to give Rose a chance because she realizes there's nothing that she can do, and this is kind of the hand that she's been dealt. But when she's trying to, like, have a conversation with Rose, she ends up screwing everything up. Yeah, but I don't... Like, Rose reads into it, like... Okay, so I don't know why Annie is like, Annie's like, oh, why do you, like, love Simon or whatever? And Rose says all of these valid things, but the main point is like, oh, because he has a really good sense of, like, what's right and what's wrong, and I really feel like I can trust him because he always seems to do what the right thing is. And she's like, I just really value that, like, being able to trust him. Um, And then Annie kind of, like, starts, I think she's trying to, basically, like, ask Rose, like, oh, but can Simon trust you? But Rose, like, reads into it as, like, oh, is Simon not as, like, honest as I think he is? Like, do I have to be worried about Simon lying to me? Like, what has he already lied to me about? Um, so she, like, kind of freaks out about that, and then she goes to confront Simon, and she's, like, immediately jumps to, she's like, is it about Sandy? What did you do with Sandy? Yeah, so this all, like, Rose probably has her most vulnerable moment, and it's the thing that we, Aaron and I have touched upon, like, in the past when they've been trying to humanize Rose, in that she comes clean to Annie saying, look, my parents have been divorced and remarried so many times, and I don't want that happening to me, so if I'm going to get married, it's going to be forever, and I'm not going to make a mistake, so... If I'm making a mistake, I will stop, but I don't think I'm making a mistake until she has this conversation with Annie, and as Aaron says, she goes and confronts Simon, and that's where the episode ends. We don't see 
what happens after that. I, maybe we'll see it in the next episode. So maybe we'll finally find out that Sandy's baby is Simon's. Yeah, maybe all the all the fantasy stuff was like a... It was real. Yeah, it was foreshadowing. Um, so that's where we're at. Uh, yeah, I... Well, what would you rate this? <laughs> uh, three. Um, I'll give it a four. Wow. Yeah, creepy blue-eyed man. <laughs> really, really, really hit it up a notch. Um, so if you want to see the creepy blue eyes or uh, Lucy's bombshell dress um, or Fantasy Martin, ch- come check out facebook.com slash CamdenCast or our Twitter and Instagram, which our handles are at CamdenCastShow. We upload new episodes on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and you can listen to them on soundcloud.com slash CamdenCast, Stitcher, and the iTunes Apple Podcast app by searching CamdenCast. I'm Tammy. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Where can you-